0: Hello and uh, welcome to the ED podcast. Uh, If you couldn't already tell from this royalty-free festive background music, it's our Christmas special. Uh, So for this episode, we're going to be greener than a grow your own Christmas tree, more refreshing than an ice cold glass of vegan eggnog, and still far more entertaining than Home Alone 2, which is without debate the best Christmas movie of all time. Uh, So yes, this is the ED Sustainable Business covered podcast Christmas special. Uh, Coming up on today's show, we've got Guests of Christmas past, present and future, two of which are live phone-ins, and, of course, the last Sustainability uh, Podcast episode of the year wouldn't be complete without our very own big fat Sustainability Quiz of the Year. So yes, uh, joined in the studio by the three uh, wise men and women of uh, Sustainability in Edie's editorial team, um, content editor and podcast secretary, Matt Mace, and... Um, so you've gone big for this episode, wearing a full-blown Christmas elf outfit for our listeners?
1: Yeah, the, the reindeer one didn't fit, so I had to, to go for my, my second choice. Good. Um,
0: uh, how are you feeling? Are you in the festive
1: spirit yet? Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, Christmas tree is up at home. This is my, my first Christmas away from, away from my parents, so oh, wow. in the flat with the, with the girlfriend, so Christmas tree is up. That was an absolute chore. I don't mm. get why people enjoy it at all.
0: Are you you and first in terms of your you're your not going back to family over Christmas? Oh yeah, no, Christmas
1: I'll be there like Christmas morning. Yeah. Right? I'm I'm not going to cook Christmas meal by myself. <laughs> I, was, all, yeah. I was picturing you struggling by the stove <laughs> with a yeah, turkey. Yeah, it be a microwavable like biryani or something. A sort of Mr Bean Christmas. Yeah, very much so.
0: Um, and I did want to just create that nice image of you in an elf outfit there for our Christmas listeners, but um, to be completely honest, I think our outfits and this podcast studio in general couldn't be. Couldn't be less Christmassy if we tried, um, but there we go. Um, and I think whilst we're on the subject of being a bit honest to Matt, I think it's probably worth pointing out when this episode is actually being recorded compared with being being aired.
1: Yeah, so um, we're, we're actually like a week, a week older. Yeah. Um, you're listening to us, we, we've matured by a whole week in that sense. Um, the, and if, um, if one or two of us had disappeared... ...during the episode, it's because the Waste and Resources Strategy Hmm. has been announced, although I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, rumours of it being announced today, uh, according to Sarah. But um, we'll see, um, because we're getting close now to to Christmas. I think any closer and it will just be forgotten about. Um, But yeah, so we're a bit of a sort of uh, Strictly Come Dancing of pre-recorded Christmas podcast episodes... I think I've just revealed what I do on my Saturday nights no, there, but yeah, anyway. So
1: that, that, that went over my head. Well,
0: it's all pre-recorded, isn't it? So their they're Christmas special, it's about, you know, two months away and you've got, the, you've got the people in the crowd wearing Christmas outfits and you think, oh, that must have been a bit weird when it's still sort of September. Yeah. Uh, anyway, S- Sarah, uh, hello, how are you?
2: I am not feeling particularly festive this morning considering yeah. I got rained on on the way into work this morning. Yeah, I think but the weather good is
0: right. Well. It's good um, Yeah, it couldn't be less Christmassy out there, could it at all? Grey, raining. Um, so we've established Matt's Christmas alter ego as Buddy the Elf. Sarah, putting you on the spot here, what, what would your Christmas character alter ego be?
2: Um, I think that the the Wise Men is <laughs> like wise. very very um very flattering, but it's probably going to be Rudolph. In that I tend to have a cold and therefore a red nose for most of the colder months of the year.
0: Good and um, George uh, and, uh, I mean yeah, Buddy the Elf. Rudolph. Um, I'm torn between sort of Gonzo from the Muppets and Gizmo from Gremlins. <laughs> probably the nose, isn't it?
3: I think I'd like. To, I'll, I think I'd say more of a more of a shepherd guiding you all along. Yeah. Good. Or okay. just a part that has no words in the tip of you play. <laughs> yeah, that just plug- shows up in his bathrobe and <laughs> walks off. Like that plug in the uh, <laughs> yeah. Same Oh Oh, apologies.
0: Um, Well, listeners, I mean, of our previous team episode will uh, see your sudden reappearance as a bit of a Christmas miracle, George. Where have you been?
3: Where have I been? It's a very good question. Um, you know what? I'm, I've been getting into the festive spirit. Last okay. night, I um, went on a Santa run in the city. Oh, well, you did my Santa suit, yeah. You did this last year, didn't you? I did do yeah, it last yeah. year. Um, well, I thought I'd give it a go, you know, being a very charitable citizen and all that, mm. As a uh, yeah,
0: well, char- charitable you may be, but uh, the question was where have you been when we've been slaving away on the podcast and uh, do, do, doing our hard work, but good to hear you getting out and about and enjoying the Christmas spirit. Um, I suppose one of the main, main things you've been doing as well is report writing over the last year. A lot the joys. Uh, I think we yeah we looked yesterday, didn't we, 23 reports in the year so far and most of them delivered by you. Putting you on the spot, favourite report of 20, 2018?
3: Ooh, I would say the SDG report was my favourite report. Mm. Okay. the action against each goal. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay, shameless plug there. Complete, <laughs> available
3: to download on the ED website.
0: <laughs> okay, so, uh, and I mentioned uh, three guests of Christmas past. I think we need to be really careful with wording that as we go through and, in- and introduce them. Um, but guests of Christmas past, present and future uh, that we've got on this episode. And we're sticking with you, George, for the first, aren't we?
3: Yeah, so... Our guest of Christmas past, um, I'm not sure how I'm going to weave this one in, it's a very, very loose connection, but some of our, our listeners may remember uh, exactly a year ago actually, our 2017 Christmas podcast special, uh, had a conversation with Landsec and uh, centering around their community employment schemes. So, So that was a year ago fast forward 12 months and we thought it would be a great idea to get lancet back on the podcast you okay. see you see what I, I can
0: see the, the the tenuous link yeah so I guess I was quite conscious of insinuating that this um, sustainability leader is a, a guest or a ghost of, of past but so this interviewee is is still very much present and future in terms of being in the company and looking forward yes definitely <laughs> okay good
3: yes I had the pleasure of speaking to Caroline hill who's the head of sustainability at Laec but yeah so it's it's a good chat it's a reflection on Uh, LANDSEC sustainability progress in 2018, her New Year's resolution for the year ahead, Mm -hmm. and her thoughts on what the issue for 2019 might be, with plastics being the issue for 2018.
0: Mm. Let's hear it then. So here's George's uh, pre-recorded chat with Caroline Hill, Head of Sustainability at LANDSEC, in full. As some of our listeners
3: may be aware, the real estate sector is responsible for a third of the world's resources. So it's extremely important to get on top of that as a sector and to ensure that the UK now can move forward uh, towards delivering a sustainable built environment. It's also important for the biggest players in the industry to demonstrate leadership and that's exactly what's happened at Landsec over the last 12 months. Uh, among its various sustainability achievements in 2018 include um, achievement of the company's 0 waste to landfill ambition, a launch of a new water bottle refill scheme in its shopping centres and continued um, progress in you know, on-site renewable sources as part of the firm's commitment to reach its science-based target to reduce emissions by 80% by 2015. So first of all, Caroline, uh, welcome to our podcast, Season's Greetings. It's uh, great to have you on the show. Great,
4: and thank you for that lovely introduction.
3: Absolute pleasure. Uh, as I mentioned, it's it's certainly been a busy year for Lancet. As we as we enter the festive period now, start to wind down, uh, are you finally allowing yourself to take a bit of a well-earned rest, or is it is it all systems go at Lancet?
4: Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both. I think, I think we're still, there's, there's a lot still to do and be achieved, so I think, I think we're still motoring on, so I think we're, we're not quite at the Christmas countdown yet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hopefully you do get a bit of respite uh, in the next few weeks. So it's definitely important to like take a stop and reflect on on progress before preparing for new challenges uh, that come in the new yeah. year. L- l- looking at some of the, you know, the list of successes that I just mentioned, um, mm-hmm. is there any particular achievements or maybe just areas of progress in, in Landsec's sustainability strategy that um, stands out for you as a highlight in 2018?
4: Yes. Yeah. I think 2018 for us really has been about um, meeting the ambitious targets we've set in, in previous years. So it's been a year of really knuckling down and particularly on the science-based uh, carbon reduction target and, and making sure that we've got, we're doing absolutely everything we can to, uh, to drive towards that, that very ambitious target. Um, I I think the other highlight really has been the Refill Me campaign. I Mm. think no one at the start of 2018 could have predicted what an enormous topic for the public, single-use plastics has become this year. So I've been been really proud that we've worked really hard at Landsec to think about how can we engage our customers in our shopping centres and, and play our part. And we're really looking forward to, to expanding that work um, quite significantly
3: next year. Mm, mm, definitely. I want to touch upon briefly the first point you made about um, Landsec's science-based target um, that, that's been set. Um, I know previously you've said that you now want to take this forward and look beyond carbon reduction, um, looking at resilience. And I was wondering yes. if, if this is going to play a big role in, in 2019 and there's previously been hints that um, Landtech might you know, step into the energy storage market. Maybe you just touch upon um, that side of things and where we might yeah. see it going in next year. Yeah, and so I
4: think I think for our whole industry, the debate has shifted this year away from not only looking at energy reduction, but actually now starting to really see, sadly, the effects of climate change take bite and need, the need to actually look at the assets we have um, around the portfolio right now and what do we need to do to adapt them to make them more resilient. And um, battery storage is certainly something we're actively looking at. We're looking at it um, not only at sites where we have already large amounts of solar, but actually some of our, our central London uh, commercial as well, so that's that's been a, a, a really exciting project here. It's something we So this year, um, Lancet recruited a new uh, head of innovation, and it's something that she and I are working very closely together to look at. You know, what are the new technological innovations that we need to really be trialing within our within our um, developments now.
3: Mm. mm. No, it's a really exciting development. I look forward to seeing how that plays out yeah. next so year. Early,
4: early in January we're going to be running um, an innovation sprint on uh, battery storage. So we're getting together a group of people from the business, key stakeholders from around the different departments in the business, and then external experts from battery storage as well to really put our heads together and think, you know, how can we how can we move this forward at a at a faster pace and really um, scale up some of the, the energy reductions we've achieved in our buildings, but now really look at new technologies
3: and how they can support it to go further. Mm, exciting. I'll uh, definitely be keeping a close eye on developments there. I think what what I really like about LandSec's approach to sustainability is that, you know, it encompasses such a wide range of areas where it whether it's through you know investing in in on-site solutions or Mm -hmm. you're you know showing a willingness to to collaborate um for the greater good i know you're a member of re100 you're also looking to enhance sustainability through you know the better buildings partnership and with the uk green building council Uh, uh, one of the areas i'm one exciting collaboration we've been involved in this
4: year actually is with the um with the mayor of london the mayor of london has set up a climate leadership group which is um, uh, a group of businesses from a variety of different sectors and the purpose of the group is to think, you know, all the companies that are part of it have got ambitious targets and big sustainability programs already, but actually when we work together, um, can, we, can we think of different ways? So, for example, looking at um, transport and, and, and um, electric transport, you know, what, what's our, so as a, as a property company, we have a real role, uh, role to play there in terms of EV charging infrastructure of the other companies, BT, for example, are part of the group. They're looking at the logistics in their van. So how can different actors along along a supply chain work together and collaborate? I think is really exciting.
3: Definitely. It's always good to see um, that collaboration between a variety of different stakeholders, including policymakers as well. Um, I'm... I'm particularly impressed with Lantech's focus, you know, on the on the comu- community side of sustainability. I think it was about a year ago now, exactly, actually, just before um, Christmas. I-, I had the pleasure of speaking to um, Lantech's employment manager, Ed Dean, uh, and this was at the Lantech Community Employment Awards. And okay. for for those of our listeners who aren't aware, uh, these awards uh, celebrating uh, Lantech's role in you know helping people into work who perhaps have overcome personal barriers to um, secure employment. Um, so for those of our listeners who may have tuned in or for those who are interested, um, perhaps Caroline you could provide you know a quick update on that programme uh, and where it might be heading next. Yes,
4: yeah, so that's, that's a real flagship programme for us and something we're, we're really proud of. So this year our focus has been really working with um, ex-offenders. Um, and I think this is you know, a topic that's, that's gaining a lot of traction um, in, in govern, government in terms of shifting the debate from um, being uh, primarily focused on, on, on sort of punishment to, to move the debate to re- rehabilitation in our prisons and how can we use that time and opportunity so that people can be constructive members of society on release. So we've now got um, dry lining, uh, painting and decorating and scaffolding academies in, in, in a few prisons across the UK and, and this year we launched a brand new academy which was aerial and vertical cleaning, so that's, that's window cleaning at heights and it's been, um, it's been really really exciting to see that launch and, 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 and to see the first candidates go through that and, and get into employment in, in our supply chain. Um, so that's been a major focus for, for the team. Um, it, it's also something that so my role now looks at public affairs and government relations as well as sustainability. And for us, this has been quite a strong focus of our public affairs programmes. We've run um, events at both the Labour Party and Conservative Party conferences this year, where we've had speakers talk about the difference that um, when, when offenders move on to, to secure and solid employment post,
3: post-release, what difference that makes to society. Mm, mm. No, definitely. It's a. It's a really. It's a really great initiative. The real st- strong values and principles behind it. I was one that I was, you know, particularly um, happy to to you know to go along to this event and. Um, yeah, people. Part people can't
4: normally, when our um you know when our leadership team talk about this program, people are surprised to, to hear of a, you know, a property company getting mm. involved in um in in. Offender rehabilitation,
3: but it's something that people at Lancer are really, really passionate about, and, um, and and people from across the business actively get involved in that program. Mm, excellent, good stuff. Um, um, as you, as I know you're aware Caroline, twenty eighteen was also a big year for ED. Among other things, we we launched this uh, you know mission possible campaign yep. seeking to empower businesses to achieve a sustainable future. Of course, you actually yep. you took part in the um, series of. Video interviews, which showcase the so-called you know sustainability superheroes who are uh, achieving that mission possible for their businesses. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, one of the interesting points I took from yours was you're seeing now real uptake in an in interest from customers, you know, and now yeah. l- landsex looking to design spaces to enhance well-being and productivity, mm-hmm. and you see this as a mm-hmm. as a key issue. Is is this, is this something that you expect to see the a trend continuing in the year ahead?
4: Yeah, I, I think it will absolutely uh, continue. This is particularly in the office market. So I think if you're um, a large corporate looking for new office space in London, the sustainability credentials of the office that you're going to take space in is really high. You know, that that's a really important factor in, uh, in, in decision-making. And so I think this is this is the you know the the kind of win-win exciting cross point where sustainability can really achieve strong commercial advantage um, for for the business as well Um, and so being very clear about what what the Landsec offer is what the air quality is like in our buildings um, air quality in particular i think is a a topic that uh, quite rightly is gaining a huge amount of traction Um, and, and i think a little bit like plastics has been this year i think for next year we're going to hear a lot more about um, air quality and, and what what role business
3: has is improving the air quality around us. Mm, mm, mm. Well, we've we've covered quite a few topics here. At, um, now, Caroline, um, just tr- wrapping it up. I, I a look ahead to twenty nineteen. Finally, mm-hmm. I I wanted to ask you uh, if you had any New Year's resolutions. Either you know a, a personal new year's resolution or, or something in a, in a professional um capacity or maybe you just don't believe in new year's resolutions at all
4: um no I, I like new year's resolutions um and in fact it's something i always do with my team and kind of reflect on the last year we've had and what's 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 worked well and where we want to focus for the year ahead i think there's lots i've mentioned just previously air quality i think um uh, that that's going to be a big one for the for the year ahead mm. uh, for us. I think um, if I had a New Year's resolution, I, I think it would be probably. Um pushing even harder with our customer base. So that's the customers in our offices, customers in our shopping centers to, to engage them on sustainability because I think it's only when you unlock the full um, power of your supply chain and, and your life cycle end to end that we can really make a difference. You know, right now the, the, um, the latest ground of COP negotiations going on and it's clearer and clearer that we need to remain within uh, 1.5 degrees yet we really are on track for three degrees at best according to, to climate experts so I think uh, so I had a new year's resolution be about really drilling down and thinking how can we have maximum impact um, because
5: we need to to change it at base.
3: Mm, mm, a great new year's resolution definitely. Um, thanks very much Caroline for taking the time out to speak to me today. Um hope you have a fantastic Christmas. I believe it's your Christmas party tonight, so I hope that goes is, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good have fun with that one. Um Thank you. We look forward to hearing more about Lansex industry leading sustainability efforts in twenty nineteen. But for now, uh Caroline, I'll let you go. Great.
4: Good to speak with
0: you, George. Cheers, you too. Well, there we go. Uh, thank you to Caroline Hill. Um, yeah, always good to have a good refresher and uh, be reminded of uh, just how much ambition and passion for the cause that a company like Landsec has. Um, and of course, yeah, thanks to George there for finally contributing to uh, to the podcast. Okay. Um, so I think that brings an end to part one of this bumper Christmas special. We've got three parts, four parts. Um uh, so we're going to take a quick break, so join us in about five seconds for part two, where we'll be discussing and indulging in some sustainable Christmas chocolates. Hello, and welcome back to part two of the Sustainable Business Covered podcast. Uh, Matt, you use that Little five second window there to do some Christmas shopping, and you've returned f- with some gifts for us. I can
1: see. Oh well, I mean, this was my lunch, but uh, <laughs> I suppose in the in the Christmas spirit, you can have. I, I mean, my lunch was four chocolate bars, so <laughs> it is it is it can be dallied out amongst the team. This is as Christmassy as it gets.
0: Um, I'll I'll take a chocolate
1: bar, although I see one of those are the Reese's. Yeah, we got um, cups. Reese's free peanut butter cups. Um, I can't say I've ever tried them before. We've got a. Dairy Milk caramel, a Whisper bar, and a and a standard Dairy Milk, a classic. So well, Luke. I'll
0: instantly count myself out of the Reese's on account of it probably killing me if I had it. Okay, the well peanut that's, um, butter inside it. Um, Fair enough. I'll, oh, well, no, I don't, I, I don't understand
3: why Luke has got the. Uh, Thank put you <laughs> steps, Sorry. Yeah. I think he's putting rank. <laughs> 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 okay, you go. I've got one, but I don't want to. I don't want to go for it unless someone else wants it. I so. think you got oh, on are the you Whisper. Gonna, are you Let's gonna
2: rock paper scissors
0: Sarah, you go for it. Just jump in. What do you want?
2: If, if I'm going to save Luke from certain deaths, I should take one for the team and have the research. Okay,
3: your choice. All right. um, oh, that's probably I don't know if Matt's play playing mind games <laughs> with me here. I'd just, I would just <laughs> quite like the one that I've got my finger on here. And I would quite like the... Uh the one to the okay, fine. No, I've got the dairy no, milk. No, no, can I have you want the caramel? Yes, I've got please. the dairy yeah, milk. georgie got the caramel. There we go. whisper. A whisper. Matt, what's, the,
0: what's everyone listening now is probably
1: bored. To <laughs> what, what is the point of all this? I mean, I've taken the guest of Christmas present for our next him quite literally in the sense of rather than present as now, present as in a gift. Okay, so I've, I've been right. a bit fast and the words yet again um, <laughs> with the theme here. <clears throat> and you know, chocolate is just a it's just a must-have present. It's a stocking filler, isn't it? I think everyone gives chocolate at Christmas, mm-hmm. um, so that's why I did it. Um, not not to do with the fact that we're also going to be speaking um, to Olam Coco's Vice President of Sustainability, Simon Brainsmith, to discuss their approach to cocoa sourcing in um, you know really developing countries mm-hmm. that are going to be probably the hard hardest hit by climate change. Mm.
0: Yeah, okay, so this is Olam Coco's Vice President of Sustainability, um, Simon, and I believe uh, he joins us on the phone now. Simon, hello, how are you?
6: Hi, I'm very well, thank you.
0: Good, um, and uh, Olam is primarily based across Africa, Asia, South America regions, but I'm presuming and and I guess hoping from a call charge point of view that you're you're, you're based in the UK right now?
6: Yes, I am. You know, no, we're headquartered in uh, in Singapore. Yeah, um, but our cocoa business is, is in London, and, and I'm
0: in London. Oh, good. Um, and I guess yeah, when it comes to to cocoa and to chocolate, there's uh, never a better time to be talking about it than the the upcoming Christmas period. Um, you obviously help to lead the sustainability division there within Olam Cocoa. You've got that overarching target. I was just looking at a 100% sustainably sourced and traceable cocoa across all regions by 2020. Um, I suppose a, a good place to start would be just getting an update on where you're currently at against that 100% target and, and what that main point of focus is going to be um, over the coming year or so to get to that 100% mark. Yeah, so um, so it's obviously a stretch
6: target, right? Um, taking us to 100% uh, traceable and sustainable by twenty twenty is, is is a challenge, and I think we've all re- always recognised that it, uh, it's a challenge. Um, for traceable, we're definitely making making very strong progress, uh, and um, I think we get will will we'll get there. Uh, I'd say at the moment, roughly half of what uh, we saw, half to two thirds of what we source, what we source uh, is, uh, is traceable, but we'll release um, uh, more concrete numbers on that. Uh, Early next year, um, on the, uh, the, the sustainable part of a, uh, the, the component, really what we would look at is, uh, is is a couple of different areas. One of those is, is child labour. Um, one of those is deforestation, and, and one of those is uh, it is on livelihood. I think what we recognise that we would like to have, and what we're committing to, and what we want to do is to have all of our cocoa, whether it is part of uh, a customer program, or whether it is part of uh, a, a, a well, currently a non-sustainable supply chain, we would like all of our direct with cocoa to be on the first step by the time we uh, by the time we get to 2020. Uh, I think we recognise that a lot of the challenges that we're facing in in cocoa, we're not going to be able to have all of those solved by the time we get to 2020. I, I think we've recognised that. Um, you know, some of these issues are, are, are going to take much longer to solve. So we can get everything onto the first step. We can get everything. Um, we can put in place uh, structures and, and uh, risk processes and measures to start tackling all of these, or to, to in some places, uh, make a lot of inroads and a lot of progress on tackling some of these. Um, but if we're going to, if we're going to sort of see the end point, I think we're going to have to be looking out um, uh, a bit further. Mm.
2: Um, hi Simon, it's Sarah coming in here. I just wanted to ask off the back of that, so with the traceability, um, the approach that a lot of companies have taken in recent months as new technologies come out is to utilise them to boost traceability and transparency. Um, so are you yeah. guys exploring any of these new technologies or schemes at the moment?
6: Yeah. Um, so uh, digitisation in technology is is a very, very important topic for us. So, we first released uh, what we call the Oland Farmer Information System uh, in 2014. Um, So, we're now just over over four years into that. Uh, And that's our first-mile digital tool, where we're able to register farmers, GPS map farmers, Um, we're able to GPS map all of their surrounding infrastructure, including water points and buying centers and health stations, um, we're also uh, able to survey those farmers and really understand about um, their uh, agronomic practices, uh, their labour practices, uh, what's happening on their farms, their inputs, their outputs. Um, so it's a way of us really being able to uh, understand and then being able to use that data to improve the efficacy of our own programmes, but also then uh, feed back to farmers and um, through something like our digital farm development plan tool that is part of uh, our our office platform. So this makes personalized recommendations uh, to each farmer based on the conditions that we've noted uh, on their farm. So based on their farm size and their tree spacing, we're able to make personal recommendations on things like how much fertilizer they should be applying and how much rehabilitation they should do um, and what pests and diseases we've seen and what they should do about those pests and diseases. So we've been rolling that out um, uh, for the last four years. Currently, we have over 200,000 uh, farmers registered um, on office. Uh, and then this year, we introduced a, uh, a digital uh, traceability component to it. Uh, and through the traceability um, uh, tool, we're able to um, both be barcoding uh, product as it comes out of the farmer the group. So really from the sort of farmer group onwards we're able to uh, barcode those bags or trucks or lots or whatever it is um, and be able to capture which farmers have contributed to that. Um, but then we're also able to use this tool to be uh, paying farmers in mobile money um, uh, and, and also to be capturing um, premium flows back to farmers or uh, seedling distribution back to farmers so really sort of I suppose first mile transactions
3: um, as it were. Hi Simon it's uh, it's George here um, I just wanted to touch upon um, you know the wider picture look at the the mega trends affecting uh, the agriculture industry as we're all um, acutely aware uh, agriculture is going to face you know some considerable challenges in the coming decades you know you've got episodes of uh, supply disruption, uh, rising food prices, All these things are going to come more frequent and you've also got you know rising consumption and the impact of climate change. Uh, they're going to put a growing strain on available supply. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you see uh, the industry responding to these mega trends both now and uh, in, in the coming years. Yeah,
6: so, I mean, those are all very real, those are all very real trends that we, that we recognize. And, and our CEO, Sunny Bahis, has, has been very vocal in, in discussing those and, and highlighting um, some of the risks and, and dangers that the agricultural industry faces. Uh, and that's why we've uh, uh, recently rephrased our, our purpose, which is uh, about reimagining global agriculture. and really trying to to use that as a platform to to see 10, 20, 30 years ahead um, uh, and understand um, exactly what the agricultural industry needs to do now to address some of these big challenges. So as a sort of two, two sort of concrete solutions, not solutions, but concrete steps towards that. One of them is that we've introduced our uh, living landscapes um, uh, policy, um, which is really trying to define what it means by having a net positive impact or creating a a living landscape where farmers and their communities can thrive and coexist with um, healthy ecosystems. Um, so that's one part of our living landscape policy that we're embedding throughout our, our business. The other is that we've just recently introduced our um, uh, at-source platform, which is a three-tiered uh, sustainability offering, um, where we've got an at-source entry tier, an at-source plus, which is the middle tier, and then an at-source um, uh, infinity tier, with the idea that we can we can take uh, this platform to a hundred percent. Um, uh of our of our business um, both to um, improve and build on sustainability initiatives on the ground but also connect our customers with what's happening um, uh, on the in, in those programs themselves.
0: Simon, um, we had a lot of questions listed down among us at the very start of this conversation, but you've kind of incrementally crossed them all off our lists in your, th- in your three very comprehensive answers there. So uh, we have no further questions. Um, uh, just before the call, you won't have heard that, uh, that Matt also just gave us each a, a chocolate bar to enjoy here in the studio, a sustainably sourced chocolate bar, I must add. But I think this call has certainly yeah. got, got us in the mood for the, to have a, a bar of chocolate at this time in the morning. Um, so thank you very much for your time, Simon. Have a, have a great Christmas. Where, where are you going to be spending it?
6: Um, I will be spending it at home with, uh, with with my family. I'm very much looking forward to having a, having a bit of time off
0: I think that's... in amongst our hectic. Exactly, yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, have a great time off, and hopefully we'll catch up with you on your progress in the new year
6: fantastic and nice to speak to you thank you very much
0: no worries at all thanks Simon, thanks, Cheers. Simon the Take bye. Care. well there you go uh, thanks to Simon um, right I think it's time for some chocolate then uh, we're going to see how fast we can eat that let's uh, bring to an end part three of this episode um, I, think I think it's part two, two. two of the episode <laughs> let's bring to, bring to an end part two uh, and we'll come back for part three um, where we'll be uh, discussing
1: the ghost of Christmas future with the body shop. The guests sorry. The guests future.
0: Of future with the body shop. See you in part 3. Hello and uh welcome back to part 3 of the sustainable business covered podcast Christmas special. Uh so we've had our sustainably sourced chocolates. I think we are all feeling a bit uh, ashamed of ourselves now having just uh, yeah scoffed all of that in a matter of minutes yeah, speak for yourself <laughs> uh, I think uh, we probably need a bit of a pick-me-up now cause, uh, yeah, uh, and I know I guess I've got a bit of a clue as to what's happening next because we've had our guest of Christmas past, our guest of Christmas present so surely now we have our guest of Christmas future Matt
1: yeah and as has been the case with this podcast debate they are extremely well tied into those themes um, and by that, I mean they're very loosely tied into those things. <laughs> um, uh, we've essentially arranged a call um, with someone from a company that is undergoing a, or is, is set to undergo a new initiative that will benefit um, UK sustainability and just environmental stewardship over the coming years. So you see what I've done there. Okay. And so this is the body shop. Um, And I think on the
0: call we're going to be speaking to uh, Chris Davies, their International CSR Director. I'm making this sound like we don't know Chris very well, but he's a regular guest on the podcast and he should be on the line now. Chris, hello.
5: Hello there, how
0: are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, Matt referenced this Enchanted Forest uh, project. I'm quite sort of fixated on this image of you calling us from a mysterious Enchanted Forest somewhere, but I'm sure in this very grey and miserable day that's sadly probably not the case.
5: Well, I'm in my kitchen, my dog sitting next to me, and I can see some trees. Oh. So, you know, there's wildlife. Almost. There's wildlife around for the ghost of Christmas future, as <laughs> yeah. I heard you talking about, so thanks
0: for that. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah, tell us about this uh, this Enchanted Forest campaign of yours, and, and, and why The Body Shop has, has taken this focus. Yeah, I
5: guess over the past four years or so, we've, every Christmas, um, we've done something... Um, with our customers to, to to make a difference to a planet or people, um, and we've always introduced an initiative where every single thing uh, that you buy makes a contribution. So this year, um, the, the theme of the Body Shop's Christmas is enchanted forest, and for every purchase of a gift uh, within our store, um, we are committed to protect uh, nature in Armenia and uh, the UK, for the first time actually, we're doing an initiative which is uh, having a direct impact on wildlife and wild areas within the United Kingdom, which is, which is very exciting for us.
2: And then, Chris, I just wanted to ask off the back of that, um, why these particular areas of the UK were selected? So um, it's the Forest of Dean and Y Valley. So why were these areas protected, um, and how will you track restoration within them?
5: It's a good question, yeah. So um, the, uh, I guess when we think about conservation, particularly in the, our world of sustainability, we usually think about places far away from, our, from, from, from the UK, from our own founding country, from our own head office. But actually, when we started looking a bit closer to home and talking to some experts and some NGOs, it was very clear that, that, that the, the natural ecosystem, the ancient forests of the UK are under threat. And need to be protected, so that's why we're working with the Woodland Trust um, to protect over half a million uh, metres squared uh, of, of, of ancient forest uh, in the Wye Valley and the Forest of Dean. Uh, so that's the plan, uh, and every time, every time you come to Portland Park Stores and you buy, you're going to be making a contribution uh, to that. Um, and of course, the Woodland Trust, you know, many of us in the UK will be familiar with these guys, they're, they're experts at. Uh, regeneration, they're experts at reducing the challenges of invasive species. Uh, so yeah, we're very confident this is going to make a really big impact uh, and also make consumers feel good and feel happy that what they're doing is is, is really contributing uh, to some solutions around the challenges we have around the ecosystem. Mm. What, what is
0: that contribution, Chris, out of interest? like How much of a, a purchase of a particular body shop item is going towards this and then where does that money go?
5: Uh, so for every Every purchase, um, we are making a, a, a donation of around two pence. but so okay. it's on every single item. Uh, there's a guaranteed minimum donation as well uh, mm-hmm. to ensure that the the work that we're doing within the UK and within Armenia uh, delivers what we want to deliver and allows the NGOs to to plan accordingly.
1: And uh, Chris, Matt here, and um, yeah, I'll. I reiterate that you're, you're our guest of Christmas Future and, and I would never uh, go out and call you a ghost, so uh, <laughs> apologies for the crossfires there. Um, I do have a question in terms of the, I suppose, the comms and the marketing around this piece. Um, with your BioBridges stuff, um, It's I imagine it's quite easy um, to use uh, elephants and orangutans which you've done in the past to really create that emotive connection with consumers. Um, how, how, how do you plan to do this with kind of UK forests where it's pretty much like a, a fox, essentially? Is, is, is this a bit more of a challenge in that sense?
5: That's a good question. Um, the, the, way that, the way that the team has done it, actually, has been rather clever, I think. So if you go onto the body shop website, you'll see that uh, the way we're communicating is, is using sort of cartoons um, and cartoon graphics to, to try and bring these these, these, these animals and the sense of biodiversity to life. So, we've moved away from, from photography into an approach which is trying to give these, these uh, creatures a bit more, I suppose, personality, mm. it, 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 if you like. i a fox doesn't have personality, but the, 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 the foxes that you'll see within the body shop and on, online you know, are, are, are kind of treated a little bit differently to how we would normally do. And I, I think that you know, so far, anyway. The response that we've had particularly from customers buying our Advent calendar which is quite pretty famous now, has been brilliant and the idea of, of, of contributing to wildlife conservation seems to be something that people are really responding to uh, which is which is great um,
1: yeah and um I imagine this is a very busy period for the body shop, not just for Christmas just around the corner but um, a couple of weeks ago we also had Black Friday, which was obviously quite a big um, uh, Event for you is this your kind of way of balancing that, that kind of consumerism, that growing consumerism demand with um, restoration and environmental stewardship, or, or is there more to be done there?
5: Oh, I think, I think it, it, it's a step in the right direction for us, but oh, yes, there is much more to be done. And I think um, you know, we've talked before about um, you know, that a, there is a, a way you can make good money and there's a way you can make bad money you know, for, for the body shop. We want to make good money, and good money is about being a regenerative company. It's about um, putting in more than, 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 than you take out. So we, we, we're working on plans and big plans for us to, to progress that area. But yes, yeah, certainly this, this initiative, uh, other initiatives that, that, that we've done this year, the past 12 months, and future ones that we're looking at in 2019, are all making steps towards uh, ensuring that yeah, good money is being made, not bad.
3: Uh, hi Chris, it's it's George here. I Just wanted to come in, uh, just a, a bit of a look to the future, really, and the, and the year ahead. Um, I think it was about six months ago now. Uh, the Body Shop's uh, latest CSR report came out. I believe you um, you spoke with Sarah at the time, um, and I, I was quite interested to see you were very candid in, in your ad- admission that you know the strong progress that you'd made, uh, you know, protecting, regenerating um, threatened habitats hadn't perhaps been matched in in other areas but I'm talking uh, you know renewable energy uh, energy efficiency so m- maybe just uh, if you could just give us uh, a wrap up by saying you know what's what's your focus areas uh, for 2019
5: yeah my new year's resolution for the Christmas not the ghost as you said, the, 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 the Christmas future I think it one, one of the things that we've been, we just started working on and we're going to be working on over 2019 um, is looking at this concept of the triple bottom line. Um, I don't know if if, if, um, you guys will have read it. I imagine a lot of of, uh, of your listeners will have read the work um, that John Elkington released in the Harvard Business Review. You know, basically, a product recall on the triple bottom line Mm. uh, stating actually. is this concept that he introduced 20 plus years ago is it working today? And his conclusion is no. You know we need to we need to relook at it. We need to take a fresh approach to how we are running our uh, this, this concept of sustainable business. So we've been talking to the guys at Volant, John's organisation, uh, and are committed to, to participating in a new study which really looks at what comes next. Mm. Uh, and so my you know, my resolution certainly is to. Continue to drive the performance of our own sustainability performance. So, you know, we 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 have been looking at that uh, the challenges that we faced last year, the areas where we've done well, the areas where we were falling shorter than we'd like to do, and, and taking action. But that that which are all important, of course. But the biggest thing in my mind is this concept of how do we look at things differently? You know, as we approach 2020, how do we? Start to consider this concept of triple bottom line and and, and making it deliver what it was designed to deliver. Uh, so that's my that's my hope uh, for, for the next
0: uh, yeah for the next twelve months. Well, there we go. Uh, I think that's quite fitting for for guest of Christmas future to be uh, looking ahead in that way. Uh, Chris, uh, I think you and the Body Shop, as I mentioned, you're you're, you're up there in our. Hall of Fame when it comes to most featured and talked about businesses on this podcast. Uh, I think that says a lot in itself about just how much great work you guys are doing. Um, probably also says that we need to maybe keep, leave you alone for a, a few <laughs> months and let you ha- enjoy your Christmas. Um, where are you going to be spending it this year, Chris?
5: I'm going to be in Suffolk in Brighton. Um, oh, nice. Watching Brighton and Hove beat uh, Arsenal, I hope. That's oh. my, that's my oh. aim.
1: I'm not sure about that one Chris <laughs> <laughs> That's clenching
0: his fist in rage <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. uh, I hope you have a lovely time off Chris uh, and from all of us here uh, Merry Christmas and to you
5: guys thanks a lot
2: thanks, so thanks Chris bye, cheers,
0: Chris. bye. You, Chris. bye. Uh, well there you go uh, so yeah it's come together quite nicely this podcast isn't it we've uh, guests of Christmas past present and future not ghosts uh, and uh, yeah the festivities are not over yet so I think that's a wrap for part three of this episode Uh, Join us in part four for a recap of the most-read sustainability stories of the year and our very own Big Fat Sustainability Quiz of the Year. Hello and welcome back to the fourth and final part of the Sustainable Business Covered podcast it's become a bit of a marathon uh, with several parts we've done past present future uh, well, well done if you've made it this far and stayed with us um, so uh, I thought actually I know we've gone past present future I'd quite like to go back to the the past but uh, not the the far far away past just the kind of uh, the 2018 kind of a, a bit of a recap um, I wanted to just get everyone's a quick round of your, your sort of top or favourite or kind of most relevant story of the year for each of us. I'll start with you, George.
3: Thank you, Luke. <laughs> I'm going to kick us off. Um, so it's as we know, it's COP24 at the moment. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting time. We know that global emissions are rising uh, significantly. Um, so that's a bit of a downer, but I did want to put a positive spin on it. Um, you know, it was the Climate Change Act ten year anniversary in November, mm-hmm. um, and I just think the significance of the Act ten years on. Um, it, it's great the, the support that it still commands uh, within society. You know, and the and the um, confidence it's provided businesses. Uh, I think. My favourite moment of 2018 just <laughs> full, is this favourite moment full stop, inclusive
0: of just general other life This is continuing <laughs> the theme. Okay. Was,
3: uh, they, uh, I went to an event in uh, Westminster uh-huh. um, at the Climate Change Act's 10th anniversary and it was also Lord Deben's birthday and my favourite moment was Ed Miliband leading the whole audience in a chorus of Happy Birthday to Lord Deben. It's oh, a really wow. touching moment. <laughs>
0: Great. It says a lot about your political af- affiliations as well. <laughs> Sarah, uh, your your top story of 2018?
2: Mine's a lot less localised than a little birthday party um, in in <laughs> London. I'm going straight out there with plastics because someone has to. Yeah. Um, and I think the plastic story of the last year that has caused the most cause for celebration for me is probably the launch of the um, Ellen MacArthur's New Plastics Economy yeah. um, initiative. Just that it... For its, um, for its scale and its scope, hundreds and hundreds of big businesses, um, not only from the food and drink and supermarket industries, which are at the epicentre of this for consumers, um, but also further back with waste managers and mm. with packaging mm. firms as well.
0: Yeah, it's incredible to just think how much has come on. And it's, it is pretty much all 2018 when you talk about the plastics and the rise of the conversation. I think Plastics packed probably worth a mention from Wrap. Uh, But yeah, I suppose if you start mentioning lots of others, it's an endless list. Matt, your top story of the year?
1: Uh, Yeah, kind of building on that resource efficiency theme. uh, Mine was from April, and it was just the announcement from Costa um, that it's aiming to recycle the equivalent of its entire annual sales of takeaway cups. I don't know whether it's the fact that kind of plastic bottles have become the kind of emblem of Mm. of the waste issue, um, but. Coffee cups seem to have been at least partly sold. I think we've had, I think, the amount, like the dedicated infrastructure in the UK has almost, like, more than doubled that can handle um, paper coffee cups and recycle them now. Mm. It just seems like an example of where this campaign has swelled and then it's actually not been sold but certainly made great steps towards it. Mm.
0: Uh, well, there you go. Um, that's probably worth mentioning mine. Mine was, uh, what was mine? I had it written down. Energy storage. Um... Yeah, I think it was the uh, the Kingfisher story um, around uh, deploying energy storage um, back in, I think it was over the summer they announced that their distribution centre in uh, Swindon uh, was to be kind of fitted with um, energy storage uh, batteries um, as part of it. So I think it's got this goal of going net positive um, by 2050, um, and the reason I picked that one out was just because I think energy storage. I think you go back a year, and that was the buzzword. Yeah. Two years, it was the buzzword, and uh, it's taken it's taken longer than people initially. I think that that furor kind of made everyone think that it was going to take for energy storage to be uh, fully rolled out within business. And it's nice to see kind of uh, Kingfisher taking the lead on it, and, and finally kind of uh, yeah taking the plunge, if you like, and going down the energy storage route and. Uh, without going into the details because I don't have them in front of me I just recall remembering that Mm -hmm. there was a lot of benefits of going down this route even now financially for for the business as well as kind of sustainably Um, so that was mine okay so um, that's almost a wrap for this bumper episode of the sustainable business covered podcast but we wanted to end uh, traditionally I suppose although we haven't for the last couple of episodes uh, with our uh, sustainability quiz and this one's a bit of a special one Um, Sarah's got her Quizmaster hat on, uh, ready to play uh, yeah, the Big Fat Sustainability Quiz of the year. Um, are you ready for this Sarah? You got some questions drawn up?
2: Um, my question would really be are you guys ready to answer <laughs> the questions? Um, so it's a string of this or that style questions about some of the stories we have covered over the past year.
0: Okay, um, so I guess then the, the f- Matt, George and I are going to be the um, taking part individually. Um, okay, so... Uh, come up with
1: quiz names?
0: Oh, God, on the spot. <laughs> oh, don't. Not no, let no, not, us not, <laughs> not. Quizzy Rascal, Rascal. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you both have Quizzy Rascal? It's, There's it's so many quiz names. It's, it's, a a it's a classic. It's right.
2: always that or you're a quizzard, Harry. There's very little <laughs> variation.
0: Right, let's just get on with it. So, five uh, sustainability-related questions from the past year, mm-hmm. I think. If you Let's do it in the kind of big fat quiz style, so read out the five questions in a row, we'll all note down our answers and then we'll all maybe fairly, let's swap papers to make sure there's no cheating and we'll mark each other's scores. I don't
1: think we're going to be that petty, but yeah.
0: Right, let's go. Sarah, question one.
2: Okay, question number one. Um, so a lot of businesses have committed to a straw phase out this year um, with the trend being particularly um, pronounced in the hotel industry. All three of these hotel chains have made such a pledge this year, but which was the first? Is it Hilton, IHG or Premier Inn?
1: Ooh. This is to go
0: plastic free.
2: Uh, to remove plastic straws.
0: To remove plastic straws. Okay.
2: Uh,
0: okay. I'm hmm. confident. <laughs> right. Okay, next.
2: Okay, um, a more recent one. Virgin Atlantic made headlines this year by showcasing its low-carbon jet fuel for the first time. Mm -hmm. But which London airport did that landmark flight land at after departing from Orlando, Florida? Was it City Airport, Gatwick Airport or Heathrow Airport? Oh, I got
1: invited to this, I should really
0: know. (laughs) I remember that invitation as well, because Branson was involved, wasn't it? Okay. Three. Uh,
2: continuing on the airport theme, uh, Heathrow this year began its first UK-based peatland restoration project, which we covered. Which of these cities is it closest to? Is it Bristol, Lincoln, or Manchester?
3: Oh. These <sighs> are really difficult questions. They're <laughs> a lot more difficult than they used to be. Quite a group taskmaster. I couldn't okay. make
2: this too easy for you because pigs in blankets aren't the only thing that's getting grilled this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was um, did you note this in your pe- in your story about the Heathrow initiative, Sarah? Mm-hmm. And you subbed that story, George, didn't you? I did. So, yeah, <laughs> very difficult questions that you've already had to look through. Um, can you just remind me of the three answers to that one? Sorry, Lincoln. Yeah, but Bristol,
2: Manchester. Lincoln, or Manchester?
0: She started with Bristol. Mm. She changed her ordering. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next.
2: Okay so we're coming on to renewables and technology. So the UK's first renewable energy trading between neighbours took place in London earlier this year, um, but in which part of the capital? Mm. Um, So was that housing estate in Hackney, Brixton or Camden?
0: Yeah, I had the answer before, so I hope it's not wrong.
3: <laughs> I like how Matt's hiding his answers like a little school kid yeah, as well. So as well. well. The,
0: <laughs> o- the only reason you know Matt's hiding his answers is because you looked over there
2: in that direction. <laughs> That's Facing <laughs> so <great> <laughs> directly <laughs> opposite me,
1: Of course
0: you were. All right. question the fifth.
2: Um, and this is going to be my fifth and final Question. Um, So we're going to do a roundup of corporate action around Christmas later this month uh, and a lot of it is supermarket-based and about food waste. Um, But on a less positive note, not all news in the field this year has been about success stories. Um, Which of these chains scrapped a consumer-focused food waste initiative earlier this year? Was it Tesco's, Sainsbury's or Morrison's?
3: That one I do know.
2: They
0: scrapped oh. a consumer-focused
2: food scheme, food waste reduction scheme. Okay. I
0: know that, Luke. Yeah, I, I think I do know it. but I'm, I kind of want to change my don't four fonts oh, yeah.
1: I can't remember the other one. Oh, I was going to stick
0: with it. I,
3: I was so certain with mine at first, but now I'm having a second. Right, let's just,
1: I we're going to have know. to wrap it up. <laughs> let's reveal the answers. I want to change it. Right, Sarah, answer
0: to question one, which <laughs> no, was about... No, we going to swap the... Oh, okay. oh yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: I have actually changed one of my answers, so it's probably right. best so we... There you go. And no funny business.
6: Right.
0: Um, Oh, we've got different answers. The first question was about Plastic Straw's first hotel to ban them of the year. What was the answer?
2: The answer is Hilton. (sighs) A. Cross for me. Um, Accor Hotels actually came before all three of those, so it was kind of a tricksy question.
1: Hmm.
0: Question that's the number two um, was the airports question. Ooh, what a different answers? Oh, which which airport was it? That they <laughs> so it landed yeah.
2: at Gatwick from Orlando.
3: <gasps> oh, that's
0: a son of a gun. gun. Uh, third question.
2: So Heathrow's peatland restoration product uh, project, sorry, is nearest to Manchester. Oh, oh
0: Matt's on fire! Oh, right, can we just not reveal the scores? At the end. We'll just say did. who won and. <laughs> Right, fourth question, I think I got this one. I feel like this Mm
2: -hmm. might be an unassailable lead. Yeah, the the blockchain trial hosted by Verve took place in a hackney house.
0: I wanted to change it to Camden for something. I got that right. (laughs) I got that right, everyone. (laughs) Um, And the fifth question. Oh, wow, I didn't get this one right either. This is terrible.
2: And the consumer food waste initiative was in Swandico and it was run by Sainsbury's until it was scrapped earlier this year.
0: Wow. Oh, now I know the, the initiative you were talking about. I just hadn't made the connection between <laughs> that and the Swan La Right. Oh, it
3: looks go. like we've got a clear winner. Um, and it's not me. Oh, wow. Me. Five, or five. five well, for five. I feel five. like, so. in hindsight, it was a bit unfair, bearing in mind that Matt is either writing every story or subbing them. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't sub
1: the uh, he, uh, heathrow Peatland story, so... So,
0: so <laughs> yeah, Matt scored five um, and George scored four. Great and I must as had, have had, have had like, Bringing up the rear. <laughs> a respectable one. Yeah. Well, I was close on some of them there. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> this or that one, you were very close
0: um well great stuff thanks for that, that ending that on that depressing tone of letting me know i know nothing about the industry um there we go that's a wrap for the uh for this uh, podcast i'm wondering how long this is all going to be stitched together and, yeah. and end up being well,
1: who knows, who knows? Um,
0: but yeah thanks to everyone that's tuned in it's probably worth saying now thanks to everyone that's been subscribed to the podcast over the past year and has contributed to it in some way um for anyone that hasn't if you want to you know offer a gift at Christmas to someone else then send them a link to the uh, the iTunes subscription page uh, we're also on a number of uh, Android pages as well mm-hmm. now Google uh, Podcasts I think um, and you can email us anytime any time on podcasts at fav that's for anyone that's got any suggestions for future episodes or might want to take part um, and that's about it have a very Merry Christmas uh, and a, a Happy New Year from all of us here at ED See the place.
1: Uh, is there any public domain
0: I can find <laughs> okay. on YouTube. Just in some horror sort of star just won't stop playing. When you can have a bit of okay, silent night if you want. Yeah, a bit just a bit, 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 yeah, bit downbeat, isn't, isn't
3: it? Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Holly in the Ivy. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's full
3: of them. Keep going. Yeah. That's all I know. In the bleak midwinter. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fit the
2: tone nice <laughs>